now tuned in to All Things Music, presented by Liquid Sound Records. Here are your hosts, Ryan Katz and Ian Illyrian. Yo, why are you grinning at me, bro? What the hell? I'm already off the top. Like, I can't even, like, do the intro without my new co-host, Ian, just cheesing right here. I don't know. Maybe it's the intro. Maybe he's upset about uh, the fact that his name is a little bit mispronounced. I can't. I, I don't know. Why are you grinning? Huh? It's funny, man. Yeah. Well, uh, it's better than our old intro. I'll say that for sure. I don't know. Anyways, if you didn't hear the new intro, since we have a new co-host, uh, that's kind of where we're going now. Um and we're trying a new setup today, too, because, uh, you know, now that we have two people and a guest, um, it'll make things really interesting. So I'm kind of guinea pigging this uh, throughout. How you been, Ian? It's been a while since we've done our last our last one. Good, good. Just hanging out and uh, ready to get the show on the road. Cool. Awesome. Nothing uh, nothing new happening with you and music? Uh, got a big you, yeah, festival coming up in Akron and stuff. But right, summer rave. Other th- other than that, uh, not really that much. All right, cool. Well, Summertime. Man, a few words. Um, I might as well plug something too. I've got my band's show, uh, Audience of Rain. We're headlining our CD celebration event at the Rialto Theater in Kenmore on June 29th. Still have a few tickets left. It's almost sold out. So if you do want to come check out my group, feel free. Um, Enough of that out of the way. We are going to introduce our guest today, who I'm super excited to have here. Um, I don't want to butcher your last name, so I'm just going to say Chris. There you go. That works. Um, My name gets butchered all the time. It's all right. Zitterbart? Yes, Zitterbart. Beautiful. Awesome. Okay, so Chris Zitterbart, from, he was the owner of the legendary venue Peabody's Down Under from 2005 to 2013. Correct. And now he is a talent buyer at the Agora. Yes. Okay. Um, so the first thing, thank you. Like my entire high school life was Peabody's. I went like every weekend and weekdays when I could and just, you know, got to immerse myself in not just the big names, but the locals that were showcased all the time at Peabody's. So that's the first thing I want to say is just thank you for keeping that dream alive because without it, I don't even know if I'd be sitting here let alone anything else so well the cool thing is i I hear a lot of people talk about that scene and the locals and getting together and kind of just this camaraderie that i was just really happy to be part of for a little while so it's kind of cool that people really remember peabody's and it stuck and i think it helped a lot of people transition to where they are in life and myself included and i loved it awesome yeah i mean so so many so many memories of just and there's not a venue like that Included anymore, and we'll touch on that uh, later on. But uh, first thing I want to know, and Ian, feel free to jump in with you if you have any questions. But first thing I want to know is, before you were the owner of Peabody, because you you don't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to own a music venue. I want to kind of know your journey to from from you know doing whatever you were doing to being an owner of something so monumental and sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't think running a uh, concert venue is for the faint of heart. It takes a special person to kind of do it, and that's why I have so much respect for all the independents in Cleveland from Grog Shop and Novice Class and Beachland and Maple Grove and on and on. And it, it, it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort. Myself, personally, um, I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania playing in bands, and we would just try to get facilities to play and throw shows, and that was a lot of fun. And I figured out I was better at promoting shows than playing. I wasn't a very good bass player, quite frankly. And uh, kind of let me kind of like stick stick to what I was doing. Kind of um, as I got into the into college, I was the guy dragging all my friends out to concerts constantly, just always going to see new bands and up and coming stuff. And and I really really enjoyed that part of it and doing radio shows and stuff like this. And mm-hmm. I, I always really liked that. Anyway, after I got out of school, I got a, a real job. And figured out that really wasn't for me. And after a period of time, I got this opportunity. Um, the previous owners of Peabody's, Josh and Dan, decided they were going to transition out. And the guy I knew was playing in a band and talking to him one night, started the conversation, and decided to try to raise some money and buy this thing and see what we could do with it. Sure. And, and I imagine that's uh, a headache in itself is just the, the acquisition of, of something that's that uh, complex. 
Um, the previous owners, did they still own it at that location, or was it they owned the flats and then part of that location? No, they, they owned it at um, 21st and Euclid at okay. behind Rascal. So they weren't the flats owners? No, okay. no, but they were very connected to the flats owners sure. as well. Okay, yes. interesting, interesting. Okay, yep. very cool. Um, you have anything you want to yeah, ask? Yeah, this is kind of random, but uh, what's the weirdest rider request you've ever gotten? <laughs> Oh, wow. Man, let's go back into the memory banks here. Probably my favorite was Uncle Scratch's Gospel Reviver, Revival. Um, <laughs> they actually turned in this rider that we fulfilled, and we, I guess we were the first venue to ever fulfill the rider. It was like a, a Velvet Jesus and a I, think velvet a, Jesus. I think a CO2 tank and what? just some other random stuff, and we got it all for them. Oh, but I bet they so, were like, oh, we're coming back here because yeah. they're the only suckers that, that actually took care yeah. of this. And just Ant and Ed was great, so it was just it's a wonderful thing. A couple of days ago, part of our rider was bring dogs. If anybody has dogs, bring them to the show. So really? Uh, we're a very dog-friendly place. Uh, Game Grumps. Okay. So we had a sold-out show, and they were just thrilled that we had dogs in the menu. That's so awesome. That was kind of cool. No, that, you know what? That. That's something that I, I'm going <laughs> to run by my band, because that's cool. I just love it. I love animals. and that's that, neat. That's awesome. And that's it. Was that the Agora? Yes. And you're a talent buyer there, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, other weird rider requests, um, 13 candles to worship Satan before you go on. That's an interesting one. Uh, Who was that? <laughs> that'd be Watain, crazy satanic metal okay. band. Yeah, yeah, that makes um, some sense. Yeah. Hey, you know what, though? At least they're kind of doing it real, I guess. Yeah. You know, they're not just showing it for the people. Right, yeah. no one's backstage looking at them doing their satanic No, worship, no, that's, so. that's that's legit real deal stuff. You wow. Know? Hey, to each their own, whatever. Interesting, very interesting. <laughs> Actually, that's funny, because now I'm thinking about one of my favorite shows that I ever saw at Peabody's. Um, not because I'm, like, super into this band, but it was such a, it, just a out-there experience with seeing Mayhem. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember the year. I want to say it was, like, 09 or something like that. Maybe it was a little later. Um, those guys are insane. They are. And I've done several of their shows and they're actually super nice guys. They're just cool to hang out and talk to, but obviously very evil and get the dead animals sent for days (laughs) after they play. Just part of the gig. I remember the, 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 the pig, uh, decapitated pig heads on the stakes on the stage. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man. That's brutal. Yeah, this is like, this is something else. We always joked we had to do either uh, Mayhem or Watain. So you get the dead animal smell. Sure. Followed by a juggler show, so you get the oh. fago all over. Oh, the fago, yeah. Followed by a foam party, just wash it all away. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's why, the, that's why that's they say planning. in the rave scene that it, you can get the STDs in the foam parties. <laughs> Wipes <laughs> it all away. Um, so, very cool. Um, I honestly kind of want to know, once you acquired Peabody's, not having, not owning something of that magnitude before. Right. How was like the first year? I mean, I can't imagine it was just smooth sailing. I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of, whether it's learning curve or, or whatever it is, uh, things that you had to kind of learn on yeah. the fly. Yeah, first year was definitely rough. Lost a lot of money on a lot of shows mm-hmm. and just, you know, one of the big things you got to learn in the music business and any business really is to say no. Right. If it's not worth your time or your energy, you just can't do it. And learning how to focus on what's important to you is it's just a valuable lesson. And it's one thing to kind of do it with someone else's money, but when you do it with your own money, it, it hurts that much harder, oh, yeah. and, and you learn that much faster and, and, and more. So yeah, first year is definitely some some battles, a lot of learning, a lot of okay, what, what do we get ourselves into? Can this actually work? Can mm-hmm. we you know sustain this? And um, I think like anything in life, you surround yourself with the right people and good people who care, and it can help drive you. Really, Was really there far. any moment that because every personality is different, but you know, for me, if, if I got so overwhelmed with something like that, was there any moment where you're like, no, I just need to sell this. Like, I can't. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, several times. I mean, it's just such an up and down kind of a thing. Like I said, there'll be some days you got $100,000 in the bank account and other days you're borrowing $100,000 to keep it going. <laughs> and that's not for everyone. Oh, you no, know? I can't. It's, there's, there's been nights when it's been me and a bottle of whiskey just hanging out thinking about life. That's, that has <laughs> certainly happened. That happens in a lot of professions, but That's definitely. True. Very true. Um, were you there during when they, I can't remember the year they passed the law making it non-smoking, but mm-hmm. I think yes. you, you were probably owner for that. And that was yes. probably a headache in itself, just figuring out what you were going to do. Yeah. No, that was an interesting time. I mean, I don't smoke, but I feel like we run a bar. You know, yeah. we're not selling salads right. and watching people jog. You're going out to drink some beer and have a good time. So even as a non-smoker, I didn't really like the concept. Mm-hmm. But 
it's great that I don't have to wash my clothes and shower since I get home now. So I, I can breathe easier Exactly. for a personal level. It's actually benefited my health and probably all of our health. Right. But no, at the time I, I didn't really support it. Interesting. Okay. Um, so one of the things that has bothered me about our scene since the Peabody's kind of just, you know, ended is there's, especially for local bands, there's really not a venue at least utilizing three stages or, mm -hmm. you know, three, even you could call them separate venues at, at Peabody's. Right. Um, and I think that's hurt a lot of bands locally because there's just not an outlet for them anymore. I mean, I would go, you know, back in the mid 2000s, I'd go to all the Mushroom Head shows at Peabody's and especially with them, you'd have bills that were just massive. I mean, I can't believe 20 opening bands or something with that accord. 18 bands total, six per stage. Yep. Yep. So you would, it was cool because you got to discover so much music. And even though, you know, it, Mushroom Head being the alternative metal, new metal guys or whatever, that wasn't the case for the openers. You had thrash metal, you had hardcore, you had all this, you just had some generic rock sometimes. Um, and I really miss that. And I, I, and I hope that our scene gets that again at some, in some way. Um, I don't know what your thoughts on that are. I just, you know, I don't know if it's sustainable anymore. It, it's kind of a controversial thing. Some people love that concept mm -hmm. and some people hate it. You know, I always liked more options and more mm -hmm. artists and be able to go room to room and get a different vibe and get a different experience. But there's a lot of people who just simply didn't like it, which is, is fine. Well, then you get the people that show up at 10 o'clock at night because they only want to see the band that they're there for. Absolutely. They show up at 10 you know, or whatever, to skip all the opening stuff mm -hmm. and are just there. So it's kind of a catch-22 type thing. It is. When it, you're talking about that, it just depends on the person. But I think it also benefits for. some of the shows because if you have 18 bands selling tickets, I mean, you're going to have people come in there that normally wouldn't be there. Absolutely. So, right. and I think that's some, something that venues might be hurting with now, you know. I, I look at the Agora. I love the Agora. I go all the Agora shows, um, especially the ones that are that are metal. But I see I don't see a lot of opportunity for openers for those. Just because you're totally correct, and right. it's not your guys' fault. A lot of the bands just don't want, or the managers or whomever. Yeah, I mean, especially you know at Agora level where we're you know trying to draw two thousand people on a big stage, and those artists have a lot of production. There's a lot happening on mm -hmm. that stage, and they simply don't want someone they don't know playing up there on or near their equipment, which sure. I, I get and I respect. So we don't have as many opportunities for the Agora to put support bands on. When we do, I jump at it and we mm -hmm. try to take care of those bands who've always done well for us in the past. Whereas Peabody's with the multiple stages, you could do a lot of different things. And ultimately, having those bands sell tickets helped drive ticket sales up, which mm -hmm. allowed us to pay the headliner more money. And that's one thing I don't think people understood is we're trying to sell tickets to pay that touring artist by local artists supporting the scene they were bringing more acts to cleveland right mm -hmm. that was the end result of that that i think a lot of people just don't understand right and that's where i where i was going with i i don't i don't know if it's just because lack of uh, manpower to do it i just don't know if there's a venue that's in the future that will accommodate something like that again i know the agora can with the ballroom in the theater mm -hmm. but that's two i mean there is a difference to two and three stages especially how things are laid out at peabody's everything was so separated that it felt like you again you're a diff different venue rather than just right you know and, and actually i love the what was that the rock star yes. in the top because they had the, the glass windows so you could watch the band upstairs and then even when the band was done playing upstairs you could watch through the glass windows and probably still hear some of the main stage band well those windows would open and close right so we close them when there's a band playing upstairs and open them when there wasn't you could just hear the show and yeah. of course all the sweat and heat would come rolling off oh, that yeah. show and yeah. <laughs> something yeah <laughs> Yeah, I just uh, I, I hope that our scene finds that at some point. I don't I don't know if it will. Um, one thing that I always unfortunately got to experience at Peabody's was fights. Okay, I'm sure you have plenty of stories. Are there any that come to mind that I'm sure you didn't put yourself in the middle? Um, uh, maybe well. you did. I don't know. You're a pretty big guy, but uh, just I don't know about uh, how how a, an owner ma manages that rather than delegating to their staff. Yeah, I mean, I, I try to not put myself in that position very often because people like to sue people, and I didn't want to get sued. Liability. Right. So, like the one night I I grab someone, I throw them out. My whole staff gave me shit, just making fun of me for throwing someone out. I'm like, <laughs> all right, not doing it again. You guys do it. Right. Um, that was you know with Peabody's, you had so much energy in the drinks were really cheap 
Yes. So people get really <laughs> drunk and have a really good time, and a lot of fights would definitely happen. Lots of testosterone in uh-huh. yeah. Absolutely. Um, man, I've seen so many crazy things. You ever seen bands fight with each other at Peabody? And not, not, oh, not I've seen bands break ones. up on stage. Does that count? Really? <laughs> um, yeah. Any that's that actually happened? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like throwing names out there. All right. For, for, that's you know, fine. just, you know, because that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen bands get into fight and break on stage, break up on stage before. Um, what's the craziest thing you've ever seen? Ever. Like, but he's just like ever it seen ever, ever. Wow. I don't even where to begin. Like, if you had to make one your top number one thing. I don't know. I may have to come back to that. I've seen a lot of crazy stuff. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me I'll, think about that yeah, one. Yeah, I'll narrow it. What is one of your favorite concerts you got to experience there at Peabody's? At Peabody's? Yeah. Man. I know. I, I said I narrowed it down, and it's I, still a difficult question. I don't answer. know. <laughs> a, a, a few that I, I really stick out to me is doing the head cap. Which was Lemmy from Motorhead's Rockabilly Band. Oh. And, you know, I was told, you know, as soon as Lemmy walks in the door, just stop what you're doing, get him a Jack and Coke. As soon as he walks in the door. Right. I can do that. Sure. So Lemmy walks in, I go out, get him a drink. Hey, mate, nice to meet you. You know, we start talking, whatever. Super nice guy. Mm-hmm. End of the night, get a picture. Awesome. Great. <laughs> Next time I'm out in LA, I walk by and I see Lemmy outside the rainbow and he points at me and says Cleveland wow I was like, holy shit let me remember me my life is complete that's it was, impressive it was pretty incredible that wow. was great so I really enjoyed that that that's was cool, really cool. Um, one of the neat stuff at Peabody's we did the first Blackville Bride show ever in Pirates Cove that was pretty really? cool really? ever we did uh, are they from Ohio? Blackville Bride? Singer is okay really? that, that makes sense yeah we did wow. um, <laughs> Skrillex's I think first show in Ohio when he was performing under Sonny Moore that was kind of cool wow as uh, from first to last or yeah. is that that was him as a DJ, his first DJ. Oh, oh, okay. He was okay. performing as Sunny Moore. This is oh, after okay. we'd done from first to last previously, last. but yeah, sure. so that's that crazy. That's pretty cool. Huh. Yeah, oh, I don't really I think Peabody's is like a, a rave, rave area. No, it worked though. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's kind of really cool. cool. Yeah, both those shows are in Pirates Cove, actually. Blackville Brides and wow. really, I can't even that's imagine Skrillex cool. in Pirates Cove. Yeah, <laughs> thinking about that, like, and then thinking about where he's at now is pretty. Pretty crazy, really. Yeah, yeah it's nuts. He's, he's unwell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and uh, I'm sure you've seen a lot of that where you you have a first come in and now they're like, they would never, you know, even at the Agora they might not even play there because they're playing yep. arenas and whatnot. Oh, absolutely. We did Post Malone a little while back, and wow. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I almost went to that. I wasn't expecting much, and sold out right away. Mm-hmm. And he was a super nice guy. I really enjoyed talking to him. Good dude. That's so cool. Support him and hope he keeps doing as well as he's doing. Right, for sure. And you say, you know, you got your pictures with Lemmy and all this. Mm-hmm. Do you have like a wall at home or something <laughs> with just pictures of every... Because I'm I, sure you have so many photos. I do. I got some good stuff and I don't have as many as I used to. Um, for whatever reason, at, at Peabody's, there's a lot more pictures. Like, like I got to go with Wayne Static before he passed away and oh, stuff like that. And that's cool. And no, I should do that though. That's a good idea. Yeah, that is a good idea. And actually, speaking of that, and we can plug this, but uh, July 10th, Static X coming back to the yeah. Angora. I'm really pumped for that. They were a part of my, my growing up era. Um, I've even heard the new singer and he doesn't sound so bad, you know, yeah. and, and it's hard to emulate somebody like Wayne, but Absolutely. Um, that... Uh, it's a show I'm looking forward to just to get back some nostalgia there. Yeah, I wasn't sure how I was going to do, but it's selling extremely well. I mean, it's going to be packed. We're well over a thousand people already. Wow. So it, it's amazing. Awesome. And I first met Wayne and Rockstar, actually. Oh, wow. Uh, they all came out and we, we just hung out and BSed a little bit and I got to know them a little bit over the years. Not not well, but not to say, hey, how you doing? And so, yeah, it was kind of pretty sad, obviously, when he passed away. And right. with this event, I wasn't sure how people were going to respond. And it's, it's, it's doing really, really well. That's good. That's really good. Um, another story that I know from for Peabody's, and I, 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 you're probably familiar, obviously, but uh, something that I, that I love talking about because I was so, um, I guess, obsessed with it when I was younger. Now it's not a big deal, but the whole Slip Not Mushroom Red thing. Mm-hmm. And when uh, I know that they confronted each other at Peabody's a couple of times, I've heard some stories, and I know when, when Sid Wilson did his DJing thing there, mm-hmm. it was all really cool and everything, but yep. I didn't know if you had anything to share in that that you can remember. Not a whole lot, other than obviously they're very different bands musically. Right, of course. Yeah, you know, I mean, and neither one were the first bands to ever wear masks. Nope. So this thing just kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, it spiraled. Yeah. Gene, Gene Simmons would have something to say about that. <laughs> yes, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but you know, when we did the Sid Wilson thing with um, the Mushroom Head guys, it was really cool. It That's was neat. Cool. And I was really happy to kind of, you know, 
be able to help pull that together, and it was, it was a cool experience. Did you ever get to meet Ryan Dunn when he did any Ultra Boy stuff? There? Sadly, no, I do oh. not know Ryan. I know a lot of my buddies, you know, were friends with Ryan, right. and uh, you know, we did the Ryan Dunn Memorial, obviously, with right. Bam Majera and Mushroom Head, and, like yeah. Med and, mm-hmm. and uh, so that was, that was a weird night. You get to meet Bam? Yeah, I've known Bam for a while. Really? Yep. Um, and he, uh, I mean, good guy, fun guy. He's a fucking madman. Weird guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is, is he what we see on MTV? You yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah just... is he, are you going to his crazy-ass house party he's having where everybody's invited? I you ever, have you heard I, I haven't heard that? about this one, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. That's crazy. And his poor parents. I swear, I, I watch that all the time. I mean, not anymore, but when I did, and I'm just like, I thought I treated my parents not the greatest. I was pretty disrespectful at times. But... I'm like, man. He takes it to a whole other level. Man. He he does, and I don't know if they just tolerate because it because he's making money and, and whatnot. That's probably but, a big part of it. <laughs> man, I, I don't I don't even know if there's a certain amount of money that would just I'd just be like enough. I mean, some of the things are just borderline like uncomfortable, you know. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's that's who he is. He's out there, and of course Jess Majera with um you know CKY. Jess is the more mm-hmm. chill and laid back, so I'll have a, I'll have a beer and just kind of hang out with him and relax. Bam is not really a hangout, relax kind of guy. It's always yeah. <laughs> 100 miles an hour. Oh, yeah, and sometimes you think, you, all right, when are they going to grow out of that? Mm, no. Some I mean, people, Knoxville's kind of the same way. Yeah. Some people are just wired that way, man. Very true. It's just They're just like that. Right. Yeah. Sebastian Bach's like that. Sebastian's always just full on him. That's wow. really him. That's not a show. Huh. That's crazy, yeah, and that's I, 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 that's something that you probably the whole kill your idols mentality. You know, you 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 see the bands from afar, and you might see a microcosm of how they are, whether it's in a documentary or uh, just seeing press from them and everything. And mm-hmm. then someone in your position gets to meet them. And how often did you have a kill your idols experience where, yeah, they're nothing like we that I that I you know imagined or even looked up to? Because it does happen, unfortunately. Yeah, sure. I mean. I'm I'm happy to say most of my experiences have been good. Mm-hmm. Like every once in a while, you get someone who's a jerk, you don't want to deal mm-hmm. with them ever again. But it's very, very, very rare. Right. Um, so not a negative, actually a positive. But I remember meeting Doyle from Misfits awesome. for the first time. Giant beast yeah, of a man, big, scary dude. So sweet and just very, just awesome. calm, and it was just great. And talking to Doyle was really, really cool. That's really, really neat. Um, your transition. From well, before the transition, let's talk about the <laughs> devastation of Peabody's going away. I was so sad, mm-hmm. um, and I understand why and everything. I mean, it's great now with uh, Cleveland State, you know, having more academic buildings. It's my wife is a teacher, so I'm all about you know making sure that a lot of these schools, especially higher education, have the resources and, mm-hmm. and whatnot to um, to give the best that they can for for the youth um with that said i mean i was just i was like really you're gonna tear it down and put a i, I don't even know what specifically is there right now um when take first take me through what what transpired if you can as far as you know uh when you were approached or if you approached or, or all the different things that that kind of went down in that scenario. sure i'll try to be as politically yes. savvy as I can in this. <laughs> I didn't get a vote. Okay. Uh, the place was going to get demolished whether I liked it or not. Mm-hmm. And um, the building was owned by you know people who owned Rascal House. Ah. And I don't like the way they handled it at all. I do miss their pizza. Yeah, I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't miss Rascal House. I don't miss their pizza. I don't miss dealing with it. <laughs> Fair at, enough. At all. Fair so, enough. So, no, I'm, I'm pretty... Pretty unhappy with how that all played sure. out. But having said that, I ended up in a really good situation with the Agora. Right. So, you know, things happen for a reason, and I'm in a really good spot now. And were, how many... Oh, go ahead, Ian. Were you approached by the people from the Agora? Or how that Yeah, so, happened? no, that's, that's, a, that's a really good question. So, I was kind of recruited to come over and kind of reestablish the Agora. Because, you know, it was this, it's this great institution, the city of Cleveland, that really hadn't been doing much... It was kind of struggling. It was, and it was in disrepair, and you know, it needed a lot of work, and I needed someone, I guess, crazy enough to jump in and try to (laughs) try to bring it back and do what we had to do. And the thing was, I knew Peabody was going away. I looked at a couple couple different options, some places you would know, some places you wouldn't, and yeah, they kind of recruited me to come in and take it over. And I said, okay, I'll do it under the condition you give me the purchase option on the building as long as i can buy the building i'm not going to bring it back to life and then have nothing for it and they agreed 
gave me a chance to buy the building and uh, I jumped at it and away we went. That's awesome. Did you was there an adjustment period um, being the man at Peabody's to being one of the men at the Agora or women or whatever? I mean, it, you know, it's it's one thing to have a complete control scenario mm-hmm. of, of what of your baby, you know. It's yeah. another thing to you know, have to share that with a few people and, and you, you might have, oh, I did this at Peabody's, you know, this worked really well, but then someone at the Agora is like, well, we, that's not how we do things here, whatever. I didn't know if there was anything like that that you had to deal with early on. Yeah. So we went through a couple of different transitions. First of all, at Peabody's, yeah, it was all the decisions ended with me, right, right. wrong, whatever. Right. And that was it. Uh, at the Agora, working with Hank Lacani, like love Hank, a lot of respect for Hank and, you know, he wanted me to like make make it better and you know kind of bring it back and then sadly when hank passed away things changed significantly because i kind of lost that guiding influence on the people who hadn't been with me for years right so that kind of that bridge right so that created yet another transition of okay no this is how we do things and some people stuck and some people left and that's okay um and then we did the deal with ag um And then that's yet another transition that I'm still going through today, quite frankly. So with that being said, with, you know, the AEG and everything, how, I, I know Mike taught on a decent basis. Mm-hmm. How do you guys work together as far as, because I know he does a lot of, you know, specifics when it comes to booking the talent, but you're the talent buyer. Right. So I was curious how you guys, you know, work together, go back and forth with shows. Do you, sure. do you, do you have a say in everything that's AEG? Do you have to say nothing that's AEG or is it kind of a mixture? Well, on the booking side, I'm an employee of AEG. Okay. So everything that's booked basically goes across my desk, and I'm, I'm booking a large majority of what happens. And as I book them, Mike and I have a lot of conversations about you know how many people we think it will draw, how kind of marketing budget, what are we going to do to promote it, because Mike's our marketing coordinator. Mm-hmm. So he and I talk a lot up front. Then hopefully when I get the show booked, he kind of is you know, unleashed to go, you know, do the plan that we talked about in advance of confirming the show. Okay. And I did talk to him uh, when, when my band just played at the Foundry uh, a couple months ago. I was talking to him because he set that one up as well. Since they luckily allow him to do AG and Bravo Artists, which is great. Yeah. Um, and I asked him, and I want to get your your uh, answer too. Um, it seems like the Agora, and this could be, really play to the success of what it is now. The Agora used to really be a rock formatted venue and now it's so diverse you have country artists coming there we i do. mean it's right. it's it's nuts and and big time rappers even and, and right. people that i i would never have even guessed would set foot in the agora so i, I want to know what when that decision was made and that was probably made with ag coming in but yes. but more so like what the adjustment was as far as you know dealing with all different kinds of backgrounds and maybe different i know for me since i manage a lot of musicians and bands and a lot of hip-hop I get to see the difference between what a hip hop artist is booked, pay wise, time slot wise, etc., mm-hmm. and a rock artist. It's it's so different. People yep. think, and it's very, very false equivalencies for certain things. And it's like, it's a real eye opener. So I, I wanted to see what your your opinion was on that. No, you're absolutely right. You kind of like if you just know one genre, getting into the other ones can be very, very eye opening. You know, with Peabody's, I did all kinds of metal and punk and hip-hop and juggalo and all, mm-hmm. I knew all that stuff pretty well. And, you know, going outside those genres was always a risk financially and then all the effort it took to promote it and, and do things the right way. Um, with AEG, we have more resources, quite frankly. Um, whether it's my access to booking the acts, which might have taken me 50 phone calls in the past, was, mm-hmm. oh, you're an AEG venue? Yeah, you guys have done all these shows. Yeah, let's, let's give that a shot. To... You know, I don't have to squeeze every dollar out of every show. If we have a show that doesn't make sense in a different genre, but we're building, it's okay. okay. As long as long-term it makes sense. You talked about country. Right. We're doing great on our country shows. It's awesome. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know it that well, but I'm learning more. I don't either. My um, wife's the country aficionado. And, and Ian is a country, uh, country I like fan-ish. a little bit. I <laughs> dabble in a little bit of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. Well, the other thing is podcasts. We're doing podcasts now. Which yes, is I saw really that live podcast. Exactly. That's kind of weird. That's like, like comedy yeah. talk. Yep. Except, so how does that even work? Like, do they record it there on stage exactly. and everything? Exactly and what we're doing crowd? right now with a crowd in front of you. Hey, and maybe really? someday we'll, we'll uh, have a live <laughs> podcast at the Agora. Um, 
That'd be cool to get like uh, one of my favorite podcasts I listen to is uh, Jamie Jostas, mm-hmm. um, and he always has like a decent like guest on that's in the metal world yep. or whatever. And that would be that'd be really neat. But I did see a couple of those, and the comedians uh, really interesting as well. Especially because there's, do you guys set up seats for the comics? Okay, because mm-hmm. I, I was I was looking at the layout. I'm like, mm, that's that would be interesting. Um, something that the Agora has that Peabody's didn't have, <laughs> and something that. Probably the one thing I didn't like about Peabody's, the one thing, the bathrooms. Of course. Oh, <laughs> they're beautiful. And for those that aren't familiar, yeah. the so men's restroom, even, the stalls, no doors. It was just, oh, here I am taking a shit. Exactly. You know? And, and, and I, <laughs> I remember one specific time, it was a thrash and burn tour. Um, I believe Asking Alexandria was headlining. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Periphery. I remember I was going through some stomach issues, eating, eating certain things that just weren't agreeing with, figuring out what was what. Um, I remember the set ending, and Asking Alexandria was was not about to come on, but they were setting up, and I started to get that that feeling in my stomach. I'm like, oh no, and I'm like, you know, I can't I can't go have a massive blowout in this Peabody's bathroom because let's be real, I mean, it's just not going to end well at all. And I'm like, okay, so what are my, my options here? Are Hold it in and just suffer through a set that I really want to see, or bite the bullet, leave, and there's no re-entry. So I'm like, what'd you I, do? I left. I left because <laughs> I, I had to. I mean, it was as much as I wanted to. And luckily, I got to see uh, Danny and Ask Ask Andrea when they were still doing their first couple albums a year after that. So it wasn't no a horrible thing. Okay. And actually, I went I went to the subway that was that was around the, around the block. And I'm in the bathroom, and I'm just, you know, it's just me in there, thank goodness. And I'm making all kinds of noise that, that <laughs> is just not good. And I hear the door open. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm so embarrassed. Who's this person walking in here hearing me just, just having an explosion? And the guy goes, you all right? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. And, I, and I'm like, okay, maybe he'll leave. And he didn't leave. So I went up and, and finished, and I, I go, and I and I see, and it's this guy. He's got uh, leather on and, and, and uh, you know, jean jacket, vest type of thing, and he's got a little laminate. And I'm like, okay, so this guy's from from the show. And it turns out it was the manager of Greeley Estates, and we sat there and talked really? for like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was an interesting uh, uh, story. I don't That's pretty the cool. bathrooms. Anyways, yeah. yeah, I was trying to figure out where that conversation came from. but So funny thing about yeah. the bathroom uh, stall doors is – you know, I said, hey, let's put doors in the damn stalls. Sure. And man, the guy managing the place was like, no, you've underage drinking in there. I'm like, people need to be able to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Right. So eventually I won. We put doors on the, on the stalls. What year did you do that? I don't remember. Okay. But the issue is people actually started shitting. And those toilets were not capable of handling it. And it all backed up. <laughs> because they were never used to it. Because no one in their right You're mind totally would shit before. Right. You're absolutely right. Wow. And I was like, damn it, doors got to come back off. That's the only way. That is such a wild, random story. That that building was such a dump. We had to patch it together, and that was one of the things that we had to do. Well, you learn something every day, and that's (laughs) definitely something. Um, (laughs) Now with the agora, and especially with the the all the money you put into renovating it, um, it's just a such a great experience to go. It doesn't have a weird old beer smell. No, I mean it it might eventually at some point just because the Fago time, but uh, yeah, Fago. Um, but uh, it uh, it's it's very uh, yeah, as they say, it classed up the joint. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I I really enjoy going to those now. How was dealing with that? I mean, you have to essentially shut down a venue that's making you money for quite some time, or at least shut down parts of it and. Right. And, and do what you have to do. So that was probably a headache in itself. It was. It was, it was tough because, again, we went from a venue doing nothing to mm-hmm. a venue that had a full calendar to a venue that had to transition shows out of the room to accommodate um, construction. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a very challenging time to get through it. But it was worth it mm-hmm. because it came out just an amazing, amazing uh, after product. I mean, I really wanted us to do all the things you're talking about, but keep it what the Agora is and right. I think we did a good job of that. I think so too yeah I don't really like go in and I'm like wow this is a brand new venue I'm like mm-hmm. okay this is the Agora with right. with some sexiness and yep. you know it's it's mm-hmm. a it's it's uh the marble floors and then all the all the, the bars with the tv screens now it seems like a place that 
people of all ages can, in all musical backgrounds, as we discussed for all those shows, can go and be like, okay, this this doesn't seem like a, a dive metal venue, or it doesn't seem, you know. Exactly. Yeah. We, we want a lot more uh, diversity and just able to do different things. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love bringing in, you know, Slayer and the Misfits. That's great. Mm-hmm. But now that we can do all these different things. Sure. And well, it, you can it, have a cool. fuller calendar, exactly. and you got to spend a little to make a little. Mm-hmm and uh we'll spend a little make a lot in this case but you're able to have a lot more acts and accommodate a lot more things and people want to come back because before when you go to the agora paint was peeling off the walls yep you know the bathrooms were disgusting and personally i didn't really want to go there because of that and who does unless you're going to see somebody like the misfits or the mm-hmm. juggalos or yeah. you know where half of everything's covered in fago or something anyway <laughs> exactly but yeah it's a totally different it is very nice i've been there a couple times i actually go out of my way to go things there because Great. of good to hear the quality yeah your 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 formula is working yeah good. i mean but a lot of people are yeah and and that's everything from like we have you know mags when you walk in to keep everybody safe so everybody's going through mm-hmm. metal detectors because mm-hmm. i mean security is such a big issue now oh, more is. than ever uh, especially I mean, in cleveland downtown oh, oh, everywhere yeah i mean you've had you know crazy people going in sh- and with shootings and stuff like that we have police officers working our events to keep people safe and mm-hmm. you know it's just it's extremely important and you asked about the fights at peabody's some nights at peabody's got pretty rough oh yeah and I, yeah. you know it's now i think about those old days as the wild west really mm-hmm. yeah and actually yeah. It, it's funny you mentioned that because i had a uh, one of my guests on the podcast uh Way back, I think it was in March or April, was my buddy Ian Douglas, who's in the hardcore punk scene. I don't know if you ever had any issues with, I know, uh, I think now this class or, or some of those other venues that that had the uh, the whole gang thing mm-hmm. going on. I don't know if you had ever had any experience oh, yeah. with, absolutely. And yeah, that's that's not easy, and 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 you don't want to, you don't want to be the guy to piss off a gang either, you know. And it's just, yeah, but I mean, look, the, the the whole hardcore gang standoff thing that happened a few years ago, mm-hmm. it was. Ridiculous. It's too yes, much. Absolutely. And I know a lot of people involved and I'll tell them straight up, come on, grow up. Right. You know? Right. You're you're ruining the scene. Mm-hmm. I stopped booking hardcore shows totally for years. Yeah. Which is sucks because I grew up on a lot of that stuff. Yeah, and right, I like same. booking those bands. So it's like, you know, you guys wanna fight each other, pick a field and go fight yeah, each other. Like, sure. Leave everybody else alone. Let go us play have LARP or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. The people are at that point are pretty grown. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. no, you should we're not, know better. We're not talking about it, 13-year-olds. Yeah. It's, it's not high school. These are adults. Mm-hmm. Right. That is crazy to think. I mean, people think they're just they're just like that. I mean, that's just right. the world that we live in, I guess. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's funny because I am, I am, I'll go on record easily. I am not a fan of Insane Clown Posse or the Juggalos, and they get a reputation of being very gangy, but all the Juggalos I've met are really nice people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So it's like you have these preconceived notions that come out of nowhere for for certain things and then some people don't even think about other you know it's just it's a really weird well, thing i think it's important to remember that icp and the juggalos are a counterculture right. so it actually benefits them to be seen as outsiders mm-hmm. i mean the clowns are very smart marketers they've oh, done yeah. a really good oh, yeah. job and they're and extra very wealthy successful too. yeah they've, they've done great <laughs> oh yeah they've built a whole genre and a whole culture right. so you know i give them credit for that hell I, I i tell you and like i said i'm not a huge uh fan of their music but every year that they do the gathering they put on that hour-long trailer on youtube uh-huh. that that introduces all the bands that and do we skits. all watch I it wa- we all watch it we all watch it it doesn't matter like i don't even care who's on the bill it's entertaining right you know so yeah get definitely yep. the marketing genius in that for sure and of course they bring in bands like cannibal corpse and they bring in guar yes. and they bring in different type of, of stuff, stuff. to yep. draw yeah. walk a flock of flame and yeah. oh, bone yeah. bugs and, they and actually a lot and, and a lot of festivals are doing that now like i was saying uh, off mic we're going to have a specific uh festival guest here coming up soon but these festivals are starting to take whether it's you know mainstream rock metal hip-hop uh all alternative mm-hmm. uh i go to sonic temple every year and, and then it's it's really cool because you get to a lot of people who are like man i never didn't even know i would like tech nine yep. now i love tech nine Tech's and it's right. not even like in the same format so mm-hmm. i think that's that's also um really cool um fast forward to today i mean what what uh what's your day like what is what and not Okay, let's put it this way. What is your non-event day like? What What do you do uh, throughout the day? Email, lots of email. email. <laughs> um, no, it's it's again. That's a transition from going from an independent to working with AG. Mm-hmm. You know, there's you got your conference calls, you got your forecasting, you got your normal business stuff of you know. 
building a pipeline Corporate and making sure life. that we're doing all that good stuff. But you also get the creative um, flexibility to like come up with cool ideas and cool concepts yeah. and go implement them. And that's the neat thing about working with AEG is they really like that entrepreneurial spirit of people who do want to go out and try different things and mm-hmm. grow different events and that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. so that part's really, really cool. Um, you know, I'm only about a year and a half into this part of it. So I, again, I still feel like I'm getting my foundation sure. set before I really kind of like kick it up to the next level. Having said that, we're doing some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. You know, we just announced Rancid with Pennywise and English. Oh, we're we're very, excited pretty excited about, about that. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited for that. And, you know, that kind of stuff is really, really fun. Oh, yeah. So, okay, now, now opposite end of the spectrum, show show day, show night or mm-hmm. whatever, where are you? I mean, when the doors open, like, are you floating around? Are you in a specific spot? Do you want to, do you get time to watch? Do you have to do certain things a lot? I mean... Yeah, it kind of depends on the show. I mean, especially now... Again, with the transition, I'm broken out to focus on the the, the talent buyer, mm-hmm. you know, the band side of it. Whereas in the past, I would be a little more overseeing everything. Sure. And we have a really strong general manager who kind of takes care of all the day of show stuff. So, you know, I'm there if they need me. But for the most part, they take care of, like, most of the crowd stuff. Um, you know, I put together settlements for the artists, make sure people get paid, make sure they're... You know, the tax forms are together and all that stuff. I'm the guy paying the band at the end of the night, either myself or my production manager. So, generally, people really like to see you then. <laughs> in in general, yeah. Uh, artists and people tend to react to me a little bit differently because I am the guy who pays yeah. them. So, you know, maybe I get treated a little nicer. But, they ever uh, let you on the bus? They're like, hey, man, do a shot, do a bomb. I, I'm sure there's something I have been like on that. many a tour bus and have many, many fun memories. Oh, that's uh, so cool. One of my uh, favorites was I was on the bus with Overkill two years ago, and they had a bagpipe player, I think, from Pittsburgh, and me and Bobby Blitz are doing shots of whiskey while those dudes playing the bagpipes. Wow. Like, how cool is this? That's kind of wild. They were just, uh, no, they weren't just bagpipes. They just played House of Blues. Okay, House of Blues, right. A month or two ago? Yeah. Okay. End of April. Yeah, I was actually thinking of the. Uh, I thought they were on the Hapri Brill, but they weren't. That was obituary, but that that's mm-hmm. a, that was a good show, too. Yeah. Um. So. Where are you seeing? Are you seeing your position right now as something that you want to do for the rest of your life? Do you see yourself ever? And I know you, you know, with AEG and everything, they 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 uh, encourage an entrepreneurial spirit. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, I think this is in in the zone that we can talk about. Do you ever see yourself? buying or creating another venue in the future that's that's your own again i mean uh, since you're an act you obviously have this has been your life for a long time yeah i've been doing this for for a while now um i mean the agora has always been my favorite venue Mm -hmm. even when i owned peabody's the agora theater was my favorite venue so it's it's awesome to kind of be as involved with the agora as i am Mm -hmm. and kind of the things i've been able to do there and you know ag's really helped us step that up and just take it to a whole nother level which is amazing as far as doing another venue basically my thought is if we're booked 365 days at the agora sure we'll take a look at that until right. then i think my focus needs to be right here um sure. having said that you know i'm working on a couple of arena shows which i think doing some arena shows would be kind cool. of fun yeah kind of branch me out a little bit and you know maybe a festival idea here or there and you know, so we'll, we'll kind of let those roll while also running the Agora. But I also really like working with the independents in town. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like, you know, helping get the shows in the right rooms. So, you know, I, I kind of want to touch it from top to bottom, from the new stuff to, you know, the arena stuff. And sure. That's kind of, kind of where I'm, I'm hope I'm headed. Interesting. Um, <laughs> something else I thought about is how, how often do you get hit up? Not your friends know by now, but how often do acquaintances? Hey man, can I get free tickets to this? Always. <laughs> it's it's got to be just hair pulling. I can't, you know. You know, and I think there's there's a appropriate level and a way to do it. You know, right. there's there's some shows where there's free tickets available and it's not a problem. There's other tickets, sure. other shows that no. I mean, if I haven't heard from you in ten years and there's a sold out show, <laughs> don't text me asking for tickets. That's not cool. Right. You know versus you know if we have a business relationship and you bring things to the venue and the show's not sold out yeah, yeah sure yeah, hit me yeah. up it's all good for sure and i'm sure that was something that always happened to peabody's too mm-hmm. and you couldn't necessarily make that same like uh you know because you're you own everything so technically if you want to give anybody free tickets you could but sure i can at the same point yeah in time, you don't want to do that it's do i go 
ask for free oil changes and free whatever, yeah. for whatever else does for a living. You know, it's right. it's a two way street. So you know, we started this conversation with you saying that you you played bass and you mm-hmm. were a musician, and your most of your life now you've watched. Mm-hmm. You know, from you know the the behind the scenes portion. You ever get that itch? You ever you know it doesn't matter you know where you are in life everybody gets that itch at some point i mean you ever feel like man kind of wish i was up there right now i don't anymore to be honest with you really i my favorite part of my job is when the show's over i like to hang out in the lobby and Mm -hmm. just as people are walking out just how positive people feel when they're talking about how great the show was and i really like that part of it being able to help create memories for people and create experiences for people that you're going to stick with them. I don't need to be the guy on stage. There's someone better than, than I am on stage. <laughs> but if I can help put the pieces together and at the right staff and everything else, I feel really good about that. Awesome. Cool. Kind of be the back end of the entertainment. Because mm-hmm. everybody always sees the front end, but nobody ever thinks about all the other components and parts that go together. Yep. For sure. There's a lot to it. It's not just uh, jump up on stage, plug in your amp, and go. There's a mm-hmm. lot, yeah. lot no, more to it. Everybody thinks it is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not. No. Nope. Just in our uh, in the DJ world. The, uh, the world. I don't know. About so we, that. we we were both. He still is uh, rave DJs for a time. Then I decided to go back to to the roots of things. But uh, we would just plug in a USB into the. A lot of times the CDJs uh, would be there. We just put a USB in and search the songs and call it a day. Now when I'm, you know, we're loading up, all kinds of amps, cabs, you know, rigs. I don't miss it. I played drums though, so I had the worst life of yep, everybody. You did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't miss it at all. Hey man, I I'm happy. I take my laptop. I could take my flash drives. Mm-hmm. I plug everything in. Good to go. Five minutes. And with that many moving <laughs> parts too, I, so I see this a lot. You follow anything like metalsucks.com, metalinjection.net, all these places. You're, you, there are shows where something really controversial happens, sure. and it gets national press. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so the first thing I think of is the the damn puddle of mud singer, and his whole issues. Yep. And and any any show he plays at, something happens. Or Aaron Lewis from Stained. Mm-hmm. He he apparently doesn't like people to be loud during his sets, which right. again I can't really. Uh, understand but to each their own. I mean I'd be like yeah come on you know but um, there's is, has there ever been a time when you've had to you know deal with some damage control whether it's forwarding off the press or putting out statements and, and, and doing these things and PR control yeah right yeah absolutely um, I believe in free speech mm-hmm which is more and more challenging all the time. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, everybody has access to everything. You say one wrong thing, it's all over the internet, mm-hmm. and you're a terrible person, and it's it's crazy. So, but I've definitely booked some controversial artists over the year, mm-hmm. over the years. And in the old days, it didn't matter. A couple people would bitch and moan. Yeah. A couple angry phone calls. That's it. Now, with the internet, I mean, no effects. They were basically banned in the United States for an entire year because they said dumb and sensitive stuff on stage. Yeah. Well, guess what? They've been doing that for thirty years. Right. I know. I, I, I was <laughs> it's, like, it's, that's that's punk rock guys. It's, you right, know? Exactly. It's, it's who. Yeah. It's what they are. There wasn't anything right. the uh, Punk and Drublet. Absolutely. Prime example. Yep. Stone yep. dropped. Everything's dropped. Yeah. Now, of course, they said dumb stuff, but again, that's what they do. They say right. dumb stuff. Right. And and it, it's it's tough because sometimes you bring in, I bring in a lot of artists. I don't agree with what they say, but it's not up for me to decide. It's up for the consumer to decide sure. what they want to pay for and see and what they don't. And I strongly believe that. And there are some levels, though, people want you to pick and choose certain issues, which you are okay or not okay with. The whole thing, you know, it, whether it's in... in, in in uh, sports shut up and dribble or yeah. you're a musician just play for me i never understood that because just really because did. you're in a in a in a certain career doesn't mean you can't have an opinion you know right. no one says hey you're a office supply manager don't tell me your political belief you know it's right. it, it doesn't make sense and 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 you get people that aren't as level-headed as, as you might be that are talent buyers and they'll book someone like ted nugent and mm-hmm. then we all know what Ted Nugent says. Absolutely. I mean, it's no secret. But then he does it, and then they're like, oh my God, I can't believe you. 
You know, but, it's a weird thing. You kind of have to have a certain understanding of the world to be a talent buyer or a venue owner. And people don't really understand that it's not just, some, oh, I like music, I'm going to go be a talent buyer. You have to really have a full immersive comprehension of what's going right. on. Right, and you have to understand it's not about what you like. Mm-hmm. It's what people want to see. Right. And that is a big, big <clears throat> difference. I mean, I'll sit around and listen to Rancid and Pennywise all day, and I'm thrilled that Rancid and Pennywise are coming to the Agora. Right. But that's not the bulk of what I, I book. Right. Right. I mean, I, I can tell you right now, if I was a talent buyer and I got a contract from Luke Bryan, uh, I'd be like, man, this stinks. Because I don't, and my, my wife's a huge Luke Bryan fan, mm-hmm. and I just, certain country music I'm not into, but I'd be like, you know what? People like it for a certain reason, and that's Absolutely. that's the way it is. Cody Jenks, love Cody Jenks. Last time I played the Agora, was wearing a Slayer shirt. Um, he and I actually drank whiskey on the roof one time. It was great. Nice, <laughs> love the guy. So Cody, anytime he wants to come, he's always welcome. Okay. <laughs> well, it kind of goes back to what you're saying, though. When you stand out front in the lobby and they're watching mm-hmm. people leaving, you're more in it for the business of making people happy. Yes, it's not about maybe the music that you necessarily want. Mm-hmm. But making people, no matter what they like, happy when they leave as that's customers. What I, like. And... I like a packed room full of people having a good time. Yeah. And sometimes that's pop music, sometimes it's country, sometimes it's a conservative speaker, sometimes it's a liberal speaker, whatever it is. If people are enjoying it and having like a good experience, that's what we try to provide. And, and that's where you're at. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that goes back to that same thing where he's not, you're not a talent buyer or owner to book things that you necessarily want to see, but, but what the people want. Because mm-hmm. you want to see your customers be happy. Exactly. It's kind of a business standpoint and just being Plus it's cool. Entity. It's, it's more fun being around yeah. happy people than negative people. Absolutely. So you have family, correct? I, I do. Okay. And a wife? I've uh, been living with someone for so, a while. Okay. Yeah. So so my question, and, and I don't mean to get too personal, but my question is you do all these things on tour buses and all mm-hmm. these things. I would be hard to like be like, so honey, how was your day? Oh yeah, I just went on the bus and you know whatever it is, right? So I, I, tell me a little bit about how how that is. I mean, is it easier to, than than I'm thinking, or is it just something that's? I think it's like anything in life. You prioritize and you you do things the best you can. I think probably at first, like my job in general is a little tricky figuring out what the balances were, sure. what makes sense. But no, nah, now I'm totally comfortable with where I am and, and what I got, and it's. You know, I'm always my kids first, the Agora yeah. second, everything else is after that. That's awesome. And that's the way I look at it. Does the city of Cleveland ever work with you on anything? I mean, I, I, they, they obviously know that you're bringing a lot of revenue into the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know if they ever had any initiatives that they would like to do for you or any kind of collaborations or anything that, that because I, I, it would be a really good partnership, especially, um, I know you guys aren't deep into the east side, but I know the east side's going through a little bit of reformation and, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that, that I think would be really good of them if they haven't reached out would be really neat i would say at peabody's i was on an island the the (laughs) city the city not only didn't wasn't supportive of us i don't think they really liked us very much Mm -hmm. we were just off the grid we were our own animal they didn't understand what we were doing the agora people love the agora Mm -hmm. and I, i just get so much more support from the city in general since you know i'm doing this now additionally you know we were in midtown and, mm-hmm. you know, we work with Midtown specifically, and they're wonderful. They're just a great advocate for us, and they help connect the dots and tie us in uh, all over all over town with anywhere we, we need it. So we're in a really good spot working with the city, work with the police department and EMS and the work. So That's good. That's really, really good, good to spot. hear because a lot of, like you said, with Peabody's, if you have that relationship that's not the best, that can make the, your job like 10 times more difficult. Oh, yeah. You know? Absolutely, it can. Yeah, so... Um, Last question I had, is the wall still backstage? Brick wall. Absolutely it is. Okay. Have you signed it? I haven't signed it, no. I feel like you need to sign it. <laughs> Maybe I should. Yeah. Uh, you know, so the brick wall at the Agora Theater in the dressing room has been signed by artists years and years and years and years. Uh, first floor, second floor, tons of signatures. And uh, it's a lot of cool stuff. And people love mm-hmm. just going back there and like just looking around, just the history of it. And you'll see some artists that kind of sign it at different points, mm-hmm. you know, and throughout their careers. And, and it's, it's pretty cool. But that kind of goes back to the whole renovation of the facility. We wanted to keep the history of what makes the Agora right. the Agora. And that's why I asked. I didn't know if there was something, you know, sometimes, oh, I got to redo this, this house. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a load-bearing wall. This isn't, you know, I have to tear this down, yada, yada. And I was, I was hoping that was the answer because that's... I've gotten to go back there, and it's a it's really really cool thing to see. 
And people don't really understand that the Agora is not just a venue that's been here for 20, 30 years. It's been here for, what, the 50s? 1966. 66. So, and you have people that have played on that stage that are in the Rock Hall down the street now. Yeah. And I've been fortunate enough to, to perform on it once. And the entire time I did, that's all I thought about. I was like, I can't believe Bob Marley was standing here, mm-hmm. you know? And that's that's just something you can't you can't put a price on, you know. So I, I and I think that the Agora doesn't get maybe as much national recognition, but it is a similar thing to C- CBGBs or you know some of these other these other legends. Yeah, and take it a step further. I mean, Hank Lacani when he had multiple Agoras throughout the U.S., mm-hmm. he was one of the really the forefathers of touring. I mean, he was bringing artists from location to location to location like AEG and Live Nation do now. So there's a ton of history and it's a lot of like, I don't know. It's just, it's really cool to be part of it. I'm just glad that I can be there and help keep it alive. Sure. And now I'm thinking of one more and I think I'll end on this unless Ian has something else. Um, You're there. You ever go to, you you go to the theater, you ever alone? Ghosts? (laughs) (laughs) Always comes up. Um... People are sensitive in different ways. Mm-hmm. Some people <laughs> oh, no. feel it's ghosts. Some people feel it's energy. Sure. The building's well over 100 years old. And whatever you think, you feel, whatever your thought process is going in is, that's probably what you're going to get. That was the most non-answered answer <laughs> that was, ever. That was really <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I see him all the time. Or, no, I don't believe in ghosts. It's like, oh, you know. I will say that I, I was a non-believer uh, mm-hmm. when I started over there. And after spending so much time there, I'm definitely open to it now. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not necessarily a believer in ghosts, like, whoo, Casper or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a believer in, like, you know, you, you walk in a room and you just either get those chills mm-hmm. or you get that, all right, Weird someone was, was here. Yes. When I went to the really Mansfield like Reformatory for the up. first time, that was the first real experience I had with that kind of aura, going into a room and just... The whole and it wasn't like cold like oh they have the air conditioning on mm-hmm. it's like your whole body temperature went down 20 degrees in a yep. second and it's just like wow okay this is weird and i can imagine you say 100 years old that's that's incredible yep. you know so very cool ian did you have anything uh, else you wanted to did you think of your uh, crazy thing the most crazy oh, thing yeah. crazy thing i've ever seen <laughs> yeah we gotta wrap with that because that's something that we asked and you said come back to yeah it. you're right you're absolutely right um <laughs> I guess a story I go to on occasions, again, Watain in the whole mayhem world, is the first time they ever played a Peabody. So they sent me their rider and all those crazy requests. And at the bottom they had, you know, please provide trash cans and we'll clean up after ourselves. I'm like, oh, that's sweet oh, how nice. How gentlemanly of them. It didn't work out that way. Um, <laughs> instead, they had a giant vat of animal blood that they oh, got all over the basement. Wow. Legend legend has it they actually had a wet t-shirt contest with the animal blood. Um, I wasn't there. I cannot verify or deny that. I have really that, weird so mixed feelings you. about that. Yeah, okay. On the walk out <laughs> to my car that night, I stepped on something squishy. Oh, no. And looked down to find a dead rat nailed to a crucifix. So that was kind of a weird thing to step on. Um, <laughs> you got to sacrifice what you got to sacrifice, I, I guess. guess I guess you, know? you do. I <laughs> but I will say the mop... The mop water was full of blood the next day, and it was it was pretty crazy. Wow. That's that's gonna be yeah, that's pretty out there. That one's out there. That 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 I like that. That's, that's a there. really good. <laughs> that's a really good way to end this. That's awesome, man. I appreciate you coming out, Chris. Absolutely, thanks uh, for having me. This is really cool, and and something that my 15 year year old self would be high fiving my 28 year old self now. So <laughs> awesome, um, very cool, and uh, yeah, I uh, look forward to going to the Agora for many events in the future. If you are in the Northeast Ohio area and you're a music fan and you just haven't gone to too many concerts or are caught up in the 9 to 5 life and everything and you want an escape, the Agora is like literally the perfect venue in the scene to go to right now. It's They just did a was $1 million, $2 million? Three, how, what are we talking? <laughs> Over $3 million. Over $3 million renovation. wasn't it? So you put, yeah. you put $3 million into anything, it's going <laughs> to look good. I don't care what it is. So go to the Agora, check it out. And like he said, there's so many different genres. So I don't care who you are listening to this. You're going to find something there that you like. Um, check out their, what's the website? Uh, agoracleveland.com. Agoracleveland.com. 
Uh, so check them out. And uh, as always, we're out.